once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. Go to that spot, that site. You will find two links. The first is our podcast link. The first podcast that you will run across on that link is this show, the one you're listening to right now. And you very well may have accessed that list to listen to us. Or you may be listening to the, uh, or, or, or taking advantage, having clicked the second link on that site, in which case you're listening to us in radio loop form. Translation, uh, the show running in a loop basically is wherever it was when you hit that link. You listened in, you've enjoyed it, you want to hear what it was like from the very beginning because you want to figure out how the thought process was developed, want to learn a little bit more about the storyline. Great, hang around because the show repeats as soon as the show come, the, the current version comes to an end. Or the third possibility, you found us, you found center-left radio wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from. What, one way or the other, we're very glad to have you with us on this, on this rather historic 13th day of June in the year 2023. Uh, today is the day that Donald Trump appears in a Miami courthouse and will be indicted on federal charges, the majority of which involve violations of the Espionage Act and the remainder involving uh, basically uh, efforts to collude, to hide, to basically uh, uh, avoid the consequences of doing so by uh, refusing to comply with uh, certain uh, FBI subpoenas, by basically hiding uh, materials after, uh, by, by getting attorneys to lie, by it, all of this, just the most insane, the stuff that any normal defendant basically is told by an attorney, don't do. Don't even imagine it. Don't think about it. Don't, don't try to do any of this. But Donald, uh, and, and maybe some, some, you know, mob bosses speaking, uh, assuming that they are speaking uh, uh, under seal to their attorneys and others, well, if they're speaking to their attorneys, at least, uh, it should be under seal. Attorney-client privilege can say whatever the hell they think is going on, talk about whatever the hell they've done. The attorneys, by code of ethics, cannot help them participate in a crime. They cannot advise them to commit more crimes. They themselves cannot be part of any scheme. They can talk about what's going on. Now, this is, this is the part that, I, that always fascinated me when I was in law school, that we were told when we were studying ethics uh, that you could not 
seek a, uh, if, if you knew, if, if, if as an attorney you had personal knowledge, if, if by, by reasonable review of the information you knew and realized that your attorney was guilty, it was your obligation. This is what we were taught. It's a while ago now. I, I don't think it's changed. We were taught that you could not seek to declare your client not guilty and have them exonerated because that would be to lie. It would be for you to say, my client did not do what I know he or she has done. I know they've committed a crime. I can't, uh, I can't say that they didn't in my plea or in my defense or any other way. Can, can you imagine that to be what lawyers are taught in law school? I, I, I'm quite serious about this, and I, and, I can, and I have a very clear recollection of sitting in the ethics class, and, and they normally give you ethics. Ethics are taught uh, in the first semester of the first year in law school. And I can remember sitting in an ethics class and, and frankly, being surprised. Now, law student, first semester law student, being surprised when I was told that if you know, if you are absolutely aware, and you probably will be by virtue of what you've been told, if you are aware that you're, if you believe that your client is guilty, you are ethically bound not to defend that client as though they're innocent. You may seek the best possible result, the least punitive uh, uh, end game for your client. You may find exculpatory mechanisms. You may look for all sorts of motion. You, you, you may file every manner of motion to avoid uh, the worst of all penalties. You may seek to have uh, the case uh, dismissed or the charges lessened on technical grounds. You may seek to go ahead and, and attempt to try to negotiate a plea or anything like that, but you can't claim as part and parcel of your defense that, you're imp that your client is innocent if you know they're not. And, and, and that's the crazy part about what's going on here. Um, that, that so much of what Trump is in the middle of involves uh, when the, the, the attorneys that he has at this point are being forced to basically say to the court that, well, when, well, 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 well let's, let, let's, move it, let's move it to what's happening today. Let, let, let's use that as, a, as an example, okay? Or, or let, let's, well, it's, it's a teaching moment here. Donald is supposed to go into a courtroom in Miami at 3, 3 p.m. today. He will be read a list of charges. The indictment will be read to him, or the key charges will be read to him. He will be officially arraigned. In other words, he will be, he will be taken under the jurisdiction of the, Southern, uh, the, the, the federal court of the Southern District of Florida, it will not be Amy, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Cannon. Eileen Cannon will not be there. A different magistrate will be there today. Uh, 
We'll talk about her in a bit also. Uh, and he basically will make a plea. Now, in today's proceeding, he does not... His, his plea of guilty, ethically, from an attorney's perspective, even if he knows that Donald has done what he's done, ethically, allowing, allowing your client to say guilty, uh, not guilty, is, and especially with the level of, this, of the indictment, of the, of the speaking indictment that came out from, from Jack Smith, with the factual backup that is in there, anyone who bothered to read it, which is to say anyone but anyone who supports Donald Trump, no one supporting Trump, none of the public, none of his base has read or will ever, ever, ever dare read this indictment because they know it contains stuff that they're not supposed to see and wouldn't believe if they saw it, and they'll claim it's all lies. But any attorney having reviewed this information basically will come, should come, to the conclusion that on the merits, on the face of the activities that are described, he's guilty. But there may be some technicality. There may have been, there may be a, 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 a wrong jurisdiction. There could be any number of reasons from a technical, from a, uh, from a procedural, from any number of different perspectives, why Donald would ultimately uh, be justified or would not, it would not be unreasonable for the defendant to anticipate that ultimately they will not be guilty. They don't have to explain why or why not they see themselves as being guilty or not guilty at this arraignment. That's not the case today. And so, and so even if the attorney that is with Trump is consciously, internally, fully aware of the fact that Donald is guilty as sin, he will not be, she will not be in breach of ethical considerations for allowing their client, as if Trump can be allowed or not allowed to do anything, to declare himself not guilty today. Now, there's an interesting little technical thing going on here. In South Florida, in the district court in South Florida, the federal district court, the defendant at an arraignment must be represented by an attorney who is admitted in the Southern District of Florida, who has federal has rights to. I, I gather it's is it this is it? It's not so much a. It's not a state. I when when you are admitted to the federal bench uh, you, you you the federal bar basically you're admitted for the whole country but there is a specific requirement in florida that it must be a south florida attorney now i will tell you something about florida certainly from a from a civil perspective you if you are trying as a new york attorney to represent someone or something in florida good luck because even though the courts have the right to recognize a non-Floridian uh, attorney, an attorney that is not admitted to the bar in the state of Florida, they have a right to recognize them and give, and, and give them uh, and honor their presence and allow them to appear 
on behalf of a client as a non-resident attorney. It is rare, if ever, that they do this. The Florida bar is extremely, extremely uh, jealous and cautious about not letting anyone else come into practice. This is just how they've always been. We can go through a whole series of reasons as to why and, and you know, what's in it for them and what's in it for the local lawyers and, and you know, what they'd be giving up by allowing non-Floridian lawyers to come in. But in any case, you need to have a Floridian lawyer, a lawyer who is eligible to practice in the Southern District of Florida. Apparently, Trump flew down not having one of those in place. The two or three that he attempted to contact before flying out of Bedminster after the, after the indictment had, had basically been uh, unsealed, once he knew what was going well, his attorneys knew immediately, he would have known immediately after that as well. The two or three that were contacted, and we know this, there's been reporting on this, people have tracked who was called, and they, they, no one wants to appear. Keep in mind that once you appear in an indictment, you basically are in for the long haul. Once you appear in the case, you're in for the long haul. In, in civil court, Usually, the way it works in most jurisdictions, certainly here in New York, an attorney can quit a case for any number of reasons. In federal criminal court, and I believe this is true in all the criminal federal courts around the country, you cannot get out of a case without permission of the court, and the court is very aware of the prejudicial nature an attorney leaving a case would have in the minds of a juror. So you really don't want to, you, you, you want to make that as difficult as possible for an attorney to do it. You don't want to really interrupt the case. Hey, the lawyer's leaving. Oh, the guy must be guilty of sin. Oh, that's it. I, that changes. Whatever. Something along those lines or what is anticipated by the rule saying that only the court, and you'd have to make a separate application to the court. I don't believe you're allowed to. Your Honor, I want out of this. No, 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 no in open court. No, you don't do that. Donald has a reputation for not paying. People know, court lawyers know, you don't get paid. Donald has a reputation for getting lawyers in trouble. Lawyers know. They get lawyers, MAGA means, M-A-G-A, make attorneys get attorneys. Okay, this, this is what happens when Donald Trump is your client. And this has been the case for a very long time. But it's becoming all the more apparent as he gets into these thicker and deeper and nastier situations. And finally, here, in a, in a criminal situation, it's obvious that if you're going to represent him, you're going to be in for probably a year of your time, give or take, whatever it winds up being, and you better get some money up front. They, they say, you know, Mr. Green has to appear is the usual way attorneys will, will sometimes say this. If you, if you ever hear an attorney uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, off to the side says, well, we're, we're waiting for an appearance from Mr. Green. Uh, that's what we're talking about here. Donald doesn't pay. 
And the other thing is that any attorney worth his or her salt is fully aware of the fact that he's going to lose this case and lose it miserably, on the merits at least, certainly. On the merits, the guy is absolutely, he's toast. Any one of the counts, any one of the seven, of the, of the, of the, 37 count of the seven major the the the, the seven major uh, uh, counts that are in here 31 charges uh, 37 charges seven major counts I believe that's how the mathematics goes on this any one of them could give him 20 years and these do not need to be uh, uh, simultaneously uh, issued in other words in other words you you would not have necessarily concurrent concurrently running sentences for the various charges that are against him you could have a situation where he could be you know the 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 actual penalty the actual uh, the the actual Jail time on this could be over 100 years. Or, I I, again, federal guidelines were a bit more specific. But I'm, 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 I'm getting off the point of the lawyer over here. So there was a time up to yesterday afternoon where you were hearing on the airwaves around here that the arraignment might not even take place because... Uh, the, Trump could not get a South Florida attorney who was willing to simply appear at the arraignment. And I believe, and again, I, I would have to check this, I believe would be in it for the long haul as well and could not, could then, even from the arraignment, you would not be able to get out, get off, get out the case except for permission of uh, the court. He couldn't get someone as of even as I, now I'm hearing as late as this morning, a New York attorney is coming down. And now we're hearing, and this is funny how, I mean, you know, you, you, can't, you, you can't depend. I, I'm surprised that all of the legal minds that are out there did not make a point of saying this. I think the, the, the effort was to make the point that uh, no one wanted to represent him. And that's true, certainly just at the arraignment and be stuck after that. But the story goes that for purposes of arraignment, Florida will probably recognize a New York attorney simply representing him rather than absolutely demand. I, 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 think, I think the notion of not being able to arraign him because he couldn't get a local attorney, that's that cuts worse towards him than towards, uh, uh, basically towards, uh, you know, or it, it doesn't count in the list of things, hey, Donald's getting this delayed, ah, that a boy, that a boy, you can't get a lawyer. No, I'm not sure that the base basically swallows that one. It, that, the Kool-Aid does not make that one slip any more easily down the gullet. If he couldn't get a lawyer, it basically is a sign that no lawyer wants to touch the guy, and that has a message in and of itself. Yes, of course, it'll be spun any way you want, but to the people that count, and that is the, the middle, the, the, the people in the independence in the country, that 4 to 5 to 6% of the country, plus the people on the margins of the Republican Party who are not committed to Trump, the 20 or 25% of Republicans who basically are seeing the reality of what this, this bum is.
that would not play particularly well. So, um, assuming now that this attorney goes ahead and represents him and the indictment takes place, the judge sitting there will basically give ground rules, much, much as the judge in the New York case gave ground rules to Donald, which he rapidly ignored concerning not raising the temperature, not insulting, not, not calling out uh, Alvin Bragg, not calling out his family, not calling out the prosecutors, not basically accusing everybody. And that apparently never took hold with Donald. It never does. And by rights, any, 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 uh, any judge at an arraignment should be able to tell the defendant, especially in an instance like this, do not raise the temperature any more than it is. If I were a judge arraigning Donald right now in southern Florida, I would make, I would make a condition of his bail. And again, bail must be set today. If there were no bail, Donald would ins instantly be remanded. He would be held, with, he'd be held in prison pending the start of the trial. So bail must be set up. Uh, passport surrender must be set up as well. If I were a judge, if it were me, uh, surrender passport, I don't know if, was it surrendered in the Alvin Bragg situation, the first indictment in New York? I don't know if he surrendered his passport or not. Second condition, of, of, of bail, you will, you may rant and rail about the unfairness of this case generally. You may talk about the specifics of the, uh, I, I did not take anything unjust, I, 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 I had a total right to take all this, but you may not, you may not demean, berate, create uh, difficulty. You may not talk about any individual person. You may not talk about the judge. You may not talk about anyone, anyone, the defendants. You may not talk about the prosecution. You may not name names. You may not call out their families. You may not do any of that. You can talk about the, the specifics of the case. You may not talk about the people. That, now, th that's, that's, what my, that's what my condition would be. Now, whether Donald could, could sustain that, I don't know. And of course, he wouldn't. He would basically go ahead and start bad-mouthing and challenge the court to do something about that. Because by that point, I believe after the arraignment, this will fall into the jurisdiction of Eileen, uh, Eileen Cannon, and basically, she will have to make the, the call. Now, you know, we know Eileen uh, for the insanely poor uh, ruling that she came out with demanding a special, uh, a special master to review the classified nature of the documents that were picked up by the, uh, by the Justice Department, by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago. And that was not within her purview to do that. The FBI and the Department of Justice has had the right in that, and that any claim of non-classification, insofar as classification 
became an issue once the, if and when um, an indictment came down. That would be something that could be brought up at trial or perhaps even brought up now on arraignment or a motion being made. But there was no right to delay this thing or take control away from the Justice Department during the evidence collection period by saying, no, 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 we're going to slow this down and we're going to go and get a special master. Well, Eileen got overturned by a unanimous three-judge uh, appellate group at the, at the appeals level of, her, of the South Florida district, and a highly conservative court at that. And they just not only overturned her, they eviscerated her. If you were to read this, and again, there's, there's a lot of legalese in here, she got the, the law completely, totally wrong. And it was very hard. It was hard for me, I would imagine it'd be hard for any attorney, if anyone reading this thing factually, to imagine that there wasn't something personal in this. I mean, you know, after all, she was a Trump appointed, is a Trump appointed judge, and apparently not the sharpest tool in the shed. Certainly based on the ruling, and there was a second one that got, she was overturned twice, by the way. Not the sharpest legal tool in the shed, and not hard to leap to make the the leap to. Uh, she just might have uh, a sense of need to pay back her uh, her benefactor in this one. Why else would anyone do something that utterly and 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 blatantly outside of the scope of her jurisdiction and unsupported by law? So when her name came up as the appointed justice for this case, and there are only, by the way, there are only four federal judges down there in the Southern District of Florida. And apparently this is a, 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 an algorithmically generated list, uh, and one of the four, and there's an associate justice that gets pulled in also, and this is completely and totally done on a random basis. Well, one in four isn't such horrible odds. And even the New York Times reviewing this said, yeah, no, she was. It was a random mathematical choice. And she was pulled in, and a lot. And you heard, you heard, you heard, uh, uh, you heard Democrats and liberals and people on the left all over the place going, "Oh, oh my God, here we go." She's going to find a way to to just uh, make the whole case go for Donald. And you heard Republicans, or I've heard some Republicans saying, "Yeah, yeah, she, Eileen's our girl," or something, something stupid like that. I would, I would contend that the, the opposite may be the case here. That this woman, this judge, will be under more and stricter scrutiny than any other judge in any federal trial, perhaps in, US, in, the, in the memory of anyone living, in living memory at this point, because of the screw-up that she made in, uh, in slowing things down in this very matter. Now, this is not to say that she still can't recuse herself. 
appropriately, having been involved in this case, having been involved in the documents, having been aware of the documents themselves, being in the middle of all this, and having made a ruling that was blatantly and incorrectly in favor of the defendants. Uh, in favor of the defendants. Oh, okay, uh, it, it, it took far more time to adjudicate the nature of the, uh, by, the time, by the time the appeal went and the entire thing was kicked out, several weeks had gone by. It slowed down Jack Smith's work by several weeks. It was seen as a typical, it was seen like the perfect complement to the standard Trump, the, 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 the major, major tactic that Trump uses is to delay, 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 delay until the other side is exhausted financially and practically and will either settle or the whole thing will go away. It's a standard Trump tactic. Won't work with the government. It, it, it won't work in a, in a federal criminal prosecution. It's just that, that won't work. But it, it's worked up to now, and it's habituated in, in Donald. He's, he's that type of criminal. He's that type of wannabe mafia Don. He's worked with those people, watched them go. He was, he was schooled by Roy Cohen, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate mob lawyer, okay? And, and, and he basically taught Trump everything he knew about how to use the law, how to weaponize the law, and weaponize uh, it against people, and making sure that you punish with the case that you use. You don't just win, you punish. You don't go, ah, oh, I won, walk away and go, that's over. No, no. The law is a method of punishment. Litigation is a way of punishing your opponents. And Trump has been, as we mentioned in our last show, he's been in over 4,000 individual litigations. Okay, so he is going to basically be indicted. Let's assume that he is given, I, I hope he's given some kind of effective, whether or not this will work out as a practical matter, that he'll, given, he'll be given effective parameters within which he must behave, how he must behave, in the, in the pendency period between now and the time the case actually begins. But he has every incentive to go in the other direction. Keep in mind that something unimaginable, almost unimaginable, happened here. We were talking earlier about the ethical uh, requirements uh, of, 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 of representation. One of the things that you can't do is get into bed, as it were, with your criminal client and continue committing criminal acts or, 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 or even, even come anywhere near it. That is besides, you know, lawyers getting prosecuted for that sort of thing. It is grounds for overcoming the privilege the attorney-client privilege, the secrecy of the information that is exchanged between the lawyer and the lawyer's client. That information can be gotten, the attorney can be brought in, excuse me, uh, counselor, you, um, you basically were made privilege uh, to, you were given criminal information and basically discussed that information, and you did it in a way 
based on what we have seen in the evidence that we have exchanged back and forth between you, as, as the Justice Department's been reviewing this, you have been compelled to deliver evidence to us as we develop as we develop this case and everything. We have we have subpoenaed information. You have you have complied, and what we have seen clearly leads us to believe that attorneys for the defendant for Donald have been involved at a at a level at a participatory level in the ongoing in an ongoing crime. And we believe, says the Justice Department, that that is enough to break, to pierce, to eliminate the attorney-client privilege. Now, we can't, of our own volition, simply turn around and say, that's it. We believe that it's over. Uh, attorneys, you will now appear under oath, and you will testify as to your conversations and your notes and everything with the defendant. No, that requires a separate judicial determination. It was taken to an appeals judge, and that judge made the determination that a likely crime was in the process or had been committed between Trump and his attorneys. And therefore, the protections of attorney-client privilege have been eviscerated. You, attorney, and in this case it was Evan Corcoran, he's, he's listed, by the way, as Attorney A uh, in the indictment. Evan Corcoran was compelled to appear before Jack Smith and produced much of the information, much of the key information that you see in the indictment, especially concerning the movement of boxes, who moved what where, who took what, which valet moved what where, which, which employee, how it went into what, how they attempted, how they were going to keep it away from the FBI, all of that information, absolutely damning information came flooding out, stuff that would have been incredibly difficult to get otherwise. But because there had been an ongoing criminal commission, commission of a crime, basically this was it. If you, if you saw Evan Corcoran, and there had been vi this video of him walking in and out of uh, the, uh, the offices of Jack Smith, this is a man who looks like he has a metal beam up his back, holding his head and neck. His, he, he is the stiffest human being on earth. He looks as though he's basically waiting for something very, very bad to happen to himself. Something very bad already has. But by cooperating, as I understand it, Corcoran himself will probably not be indicted. This is not necessarily the case for other attorneys that are supporting Trump. This takes us back to the whole issue of trying to just get a damned attorney for his indictment. Okay, the indictment, let's assume the, 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 the arraignment will happen. The indictment has happened. There's already been an indictment. The arraignment will take place. Donald will fly back to Bedminster, New Jersey tonight. He will go to a, immediately, of course, naturally, what else do you do just after you've been indicted for the second time and the first time for federal crimes that could land you in prison for the rest of your national? What do you do? You celebrate, you have a fundraiser, you get out there, you start yelling and screaming. You prepare to do exactly 
what the reigning judge with the presiding justice today will probably tell you you can't do. You can't name names. Again, were it me. You can't name names. You can't go knocking people. You can't create more trouble than there already is. He'll be doing all that tonight. And at some point in the not far distant future, Usually, it can happen, it could even happen today, depending on how the attorneys are set up. There could be motions being made today. But with the, with the, with the Alvin Bragg situation in New York, the determination as to when the case would be tried, that determination was made in very little time. I, I'm not, was it made at the arraignment? Was there an agreement at the arraignment? I, no, I think there was a, a week or so maybe 10 days, within which uh, all of these elements had, the, any, any, any additional um, motions and, 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 and basically questions as to when the case would be, there would have to be agreement reached on that, and the attorneys had 10 days between the Justice Department and, uh, I'm sorry, between Alvin Bragg's people and Trump's attorneys in New York. And I imagine, again, I don't know the exact time period, everything is different, federal, state, uh, that probably, let's say it's a week. Within a week, we'll know when Donald's and, and when the attorneys on both sides will agree that this case will begin. Now, Donald, of course, you, you have to start thinking. Now you have to get really strategic here. The, the first ca the case uh, involving New York goes to trial in March. It is a very simple case and should be completed within, I don't know, a week, two weeks. There's not much there. Uh, Michael Cohen has already gone to jail for virtually the same material. It'll be a little more than the Michael Cohen information, but basically it's all there. You'll have a verdict on that. I'm guessing by the end of March you'll have a verdict on that. What else happens by the end of March? Well, by the end of March, the major state primaries in the Republican nomination process, and the Republicans, just by virtue of how they have their rules set up, what's left of the Republican Party, you know, they're pretending to actually go through a primary. Donald, or whoever the... Whoever the um, uh, the, the, the nominee of the party will be, will probably, by virtue of the, the, the size of the states and the number of, of electoral votes that are, that are, you know, the electors that are there, the, the, the people who would be involved in, in, in voting for the individual in a state-by-state -state basis, the, the candidate, the Republican candidate, would be numerically determined by the end of March. Keep that in mind. Okay, where does the federal trial fit in? Where do, if you're Donald, and if you're Jack Smith, and everybody is conscious of that, whether or not, Don, you know, who will be the, the candidate. Granted, granted, the convention has yet to come. The, the big convention will be, I believe, in August, uh, and, and, and then there'll be the official, it's just nothing but a big hoopla, rah-rah thing, naming and defining what's happened, you know, what we already know. But assuming that New York will be lost by Donald, 
a jail sentence may have been imposed already by New York. And there's no, I mean, and, and well, well, try this. Well, I'm sorry, my client uh, really does not want to start serving the jail sentence because, you see, there's a very good chance that he's going to be the nominee of the Republican Party and he'll be able to pardon him. Oh, that's for federal crimes. Oh, oh, and you don't give a damn? So you, you want my client to begin serving his New York term immediately, but, but your honor, that'll take us through the, it'll take us through the convention, through the election, he'll be in prison for, for two or three or four years on this. Oh, well, but, but, but what if he's elected? How 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 will he how will he make it to the uh, how will he make it to the uh, to inauguration day on on the twentieth of January in two thousand twenty five? Oh, you don't you don't care? Oh, oh I oh, uh huh. Understand something that once the New York conviction is in. That is the lock on the door. If by some weird possibility, Donald runs and wins, or someone else, another Republican runs, and immediately decides that they're going to basically spring the trap and get him out, the New York conviction and the jail time stops that process cold. He's stuck there. He ain't going to get out of prison for his, uh, for, for, well, the, the way it would probably work would be that he would go ahead, he would, uh, Donald would, how, how could this work? He would, his vice president, he would resign upon being uh, elected. His vice president would take over as president, free him from prison, turn around, uh, and, and basically then resign, and that would make him president. It would, it would be that kind of a, you know, a hokey-pokey type two-step bullshit, basically. It would, it would take the justice system, it would take the criminal justice system and make a complete mockery of it. But that's one way to try to do it. But if you got a state conviction, that ain't going to happen. Now, the federal side of this, where, where does Jack Smith fit his trial in? Well, if I'm Jack Smith, I want to get my trial going as rapidly as humanly possible. I, I, I guess I don't mind coming on the tail end of the New York State trial, but I don't want to get that much deeper into the election process Trump, of course, is going to have to be in, in the court for the entire process. He'll be off the road. He is going to make a mockery of what he sees. He'll go on truth. So, it, and, and, and can I add this? There are two more indictments coming down on top of this. Georgia will be in there. Um, th th you will have another indictment coming down from Jack Smith on the, uh, on, on the January 6th matter. This is, this is craziness. And depending on how Trump fans want to continue believing all this crap, 
They're going to have to believe that a four-time indicted person, those indictments are only because of the fact that there's a witch hunt. I would say the response to that simply is, and Donald, therefore, is a witch. And that it's just being out to get them. We can't look at the, we will not, we refuse to look at the indictments. We refuse to listen to what's being said. And we're not concerned about the notion that we may have to basically um, work around the prison time and sentence of someone in order to get them to be president. We, we're willing to try the insane, we're, we're willing to propose the insane uh, notion, or entertain it at least, that Donald could be president from prison. This is, this is what's coming up here. And again, I'm, 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 this is so, we're discounting what, whatever might actually happen uh, that, that by some bizarre possibility. Uh, the, 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 the center, the, the independents somehow feel more comfortable with the idea of Donald uh, becoming uh, president because he's been indicted four times. And no one is paying any attention to the reality of what would happen if he try to run from prison or get, get inaugurated from prison or perform the duties of president from prison, I would guarantee you, by the way, at that point, a 25th Amendment uh, situation uh, would be invoked and basically he would be taken out before he hit the, the playing field. That's another story entirely. Okay, and it would be run quickly between the time of the election and the time of the inauguration. During the lame duck section, he would be removed under the 25th Amendment. He would, now, could you remove a, <laughs> here's another unknown. Can you remove a guy who's yet to be president? Well, he's incapable of serving as president. Well, uh, <laughs> you, you see how nuts all this gets. So much would be solved. The country would be so much better off. We would look like so much less a bunch of flaming assholes to the world if basically the Republican leadership would grow a reasonably large pair and people like Kevin McCarthy and people like Lindsey Graham and, and everybody out there would simply start saying the truth. The guy is guilty as sin. And basically he has no business being president, running for president, having any, any being anywhere near the White House. Uh, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Chris Christie, I have to hand it to him right now. He's laying it right out there. As much as I am anything but a fan of Bill Barr, by God, he's laying it out there. Now, Barr's not running for anything. Basically, he's running for uh, repairing his reputation, the one that he destroyed by being, you know, uh, running Trump's, uh, uh, you talk about weaponized uh, departments of justice, but basically what he did, in my mind, primarily by ignoring the, the, wor the clear words and intent of the Mueller report and saying that there was absolutely no criminal possibility, no, nothing, no crimes were described in the, well, in the second half of the Mueller report. That's a total and complete and total lie. So what, 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 what Bill is doing right now is he's on a tour to basically 
Yeah, Rip Donald, a few new, a few new assholes, as, as is well-deserved, but also hoping that that might actually get him in good stead, I don't know, somewhere? I, I, I have a feeling he might be unemployable as a former attorney general. I, you think that might give some, some indication to the politicians and the lawyers who are out there right now who will have to get a job somewhere in a Republican hierarchy or in an insane, in a still psychotic Republican hierarchy type job in order to go forward after supporting Donald in all these situations. We, we, are, we are entering, uh, it's, it's been unknown territory for a long time. But this is the unknownest. We are entering the phase of the unknownest territory right now. We are about to see, I, 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 I find the trials themselves will be, are the least unknown. They are quite known. The, 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 the documentation, everything. And, and the precision and the care with which these indictments have been put together. Donald is going down, certainly in the Jack Smith case. But when will it be? How much time? Where will he be at the end of the primary process? Where will he be on election day? What will, it, what will this do? Will the, will, the Democrat, will the Republicans be nuts enough to attempt to spring him if somehow one of the other Republicans were to become president? It, it's... It, it's, it's unimaginable craziness, and, it, and it, it would make for the ugliest possible uh, scenario. It would, it would basically say that there is no judicial system in America. It would be, the, it would be just ugly beyond ugly, but I guess we kind of have to throw it out there because, well, it's, it's possible. The mindset, the current mindset of the Republican Party would appear to make that almost a certainty if the opportunity were to arise and if it were to be today. But you see, none of that is happening today. None of that could happen today. All of that's going to happen over time. And, and given the unknown nature of what will happen now, given the unknown sentiments, given the unknown... Uh, views, given the unknown facts that may even pierce the insane Republican mindset that may get through the silo of information that is out there right now, the ridiculousness, given the fact that there may actually be televised, uh, a televised, uh, a televised uh, case here, that we may at least get some kind of real-time uh, reporting on what is happening in the courtroom. The best thing of all would be if this thing were televised from Miami, if the Miami case were, were to go in that direction. And then the other cases coming down as well. We don't know where this is going. I, I say this every week with, D with David Bach when I have him on the show, my, my co-host on Fridays. This is why we play the games. This is why sitting there and prognosticating and, 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 and commenting as I, as I am and I do will always just take us just so far. The real world intervenes. And even to Trump people, Trump supporters, red meat MAGA supporters, the basest of the base, at some point reality will actually overcome the casual 
angry, but casual prejudices and, and, and total blockage of information, that world that they've lived in. We saw it happen with Nixon. It took time. Now, Nixon had the decency to get the hell out. Trump never will. We know that already. Talk to his niece, Mary. You'll hear everything you ever need to know about Donald. But we're entering in territory we've never gone before. Let's, 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 see, how, let's see how the arraignment goes this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Uh, right now here in New York, it's uh, just 7 a.m. And we'll be wrapping up this show in just a moment. And that means in eight hours at, uh, uh, at 3 p.m. this afternoon, the first, for the first time in American history, a former president will be indicted on federal criminal charges. And let's watch what happens. And let's keep telling the truth. And let's not pretend. And let's look at the possibilities. And let's also hope that Americans will basically, ultimately, even the most rabid of Trump supporters, even if they can't ever back down and back away, but what they can do is shut the hell up and just sort of tamp themselves down. Do what they've done or what, find themselves where they've been in the past that always that 25 to 30 percent of the country that would take the whole damn thing down. Why? Because democratic societies, constitutional democracies, have a self-destruct switch built in. But more often than not, as a rule, those who would push the button on that switch, those who would throw the switch, find themselves in less than positions of control and certainly less vocal positions than what we have right now in a world dominated by social media. That's the other unspoken component here. Let's prepare ourselves and let's be hopeful that rationality, simple, simple, rational, rational views, simple, the, the most minimal level of critical thought will reveal that Donald has no business being anywhere near the White House, nor does any Republican right now, uh, especially those, and, and really, frankly, I think very few Republicans uh, should have the right to review classified materials at this point. None of them. None of them who have all made such a, such a, a light mockery. Ah, oh, come on, it was just, so he, he had a right to those. And it was just, uh, you know, they, they were just, you know, there was nothing. It's not a big deal. Ah, you know, there was a lock on the door, you know. They should be, Kevin McCarthy, starting with McCarthy, he should not have the right to review classified materials. He doesn't seem to understand the gravity, the severity of the national secrets, of the defense plans, of the nuclear plans, of the knowledge of foreign adversary military plans that was included in that stuff. This is only being hinted to us now. I'm sure we'll learn more as the case goes on. If any modicum of rationality still exists within Republicans, maybe this will turn out better than it looks today. And today is probably for all, for all that's happened so far, today would be the hottest moment in, in terms of psychic fever, mental fever. Today would be the hottest of those days 
that we've approached that we've had so far for Republicans. This is this is when they'll be. This is this is a Looney Tune day. This is an out of your mind crazy day. I hope the Miami forces, the police, everybody else down there is able to deal with whatever might happen. I hope nothing happens. I hope he's in and out much like New York. I hope this just become, it becomes commonplace for, well, when will the next indictment be? And finally, someday people wake up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what am I talking about? I'm talking about when will the guy be indicted again? And we're talking about him being in the White House and being pre, wait a minute. What the hell am I talking about? Wouldn't it be great if that level of rationality suddenly invaded the psyches of the far deep MAGA right? Why not? We can hope. We, well, we can hope and we can continue to speak the truth. But then again, you see, we are center-left radio, the progressive voice of hope. Hope. Politics. And, you know, right about now, I think we could all use a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are in absolutely uncharted territory, but there is a constant, Donald. His pedal is to the metal. He is going straight ahead. There's no steering wheel. His mouth is going full speed. He will not stop. He will double and triple and quadruple down. The unknown is what happens when he crashes. How does the Constitution deal with him? How does the nation respect its own rules?